You are Locked On Braves, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Braves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, boys and girls, my name is Nubias Woolborn. The name on the marquee is Locked On Braves. Today is Tuesday, June 5th, and the Braves lost a tough one last night. I mean, it was rough. Julio Tehran struggled. Then Luis Kilhara came in the game, and he struggled. And the Braves gave up 11 runs and thus ended the uh, the hitting streak of Freddie Freeman. And the Braves lose to one of the worst teams in baseball. That's right. The San Diego Padres. Because, whoo, those boys were struggling coming into that ball game. But nonetheless, Braves take the L. It happens. So now that leaves the Braves with it. 35-25 record. There's still a game up in the NL East on the Washington Nationals. And look, <clears throat> that game ended a Freddie Freeman 16-game hit streak as well as a 24-game on base streak. So let's get into this streak for Freddie Freeman. All right. He going into Monday's game. 34 for 64 during the streak, which goes back to May 19th. He began the streak hitting 319. He went up to about 335. All right? That was the longest active run in baseball. He also reached base safely in 24 consecutive games. And that on-base run goes back to May 10th. He was 5 for 5 in that game. Freddie Freeman, one of the best hitters in baseball, and if you're a Braves fan, you know about Freddie. You know what he's meant. You know what he has contributed to that ball club. But always remember, never forget, you know, he still deserves to be talked about highly as this Braves team has been so surprising to start this season. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But I fully expect Freddie Freeman to be an all-star. And if he keeps it up, with his average being what it is, I fully expect him to be in the MVP conversation. That being said, yesterday was more about the future of the Braves as the Braves made some draft picks. So let's get right into those picks. So you look at the Braves. First guy they drafted, the young catcher, Carter. And, yo, the Braves really like this kid, man. Talk to Brian Bridges after the draft, and we'll talk to him in a minute on the podcast. So what we'll do is we'll let you listen in to him breaking down his right-handed pitcher, Carter Stewart. All right, so real quick, Carter Stewart of Ugali High School in Melbourne, Florida. Eighth pick for the 2018 draft. 18-year-old high school kid. He was 6-4 with 128 strikeouts, 26 hits. And a 0.91 ERA. How did they lose a game? And 11 games on the mound for Ugali. He was named the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Florida. Six foot six, 200 pound kid. Yo, and yo, the kid also had hit 313 with seven home runs. And he led that team to the Class 6A. That's a big division down there in the state of Florida. District 13 tournament semifinals. Brian Bridges said, yo, we're fortunate to add Carter to the organization. And we've been fortunate to select Braves-type pitchers, Braves-type players over the last couple of years. Carter is another example of that type of player. 
This guy entered the draft as the fifth-ranked prospect in the draft and the second-best high schooler. The Braves get him at eight. So we'll see where the signing bonus kind of slides. So I'm expecting something in the $4.5 million range. And one of the main things is this kid's breaking ball. It has the highest spin rate in amateur baseball, according to TrackMan. That's the service recording one pitch he threw with the fifth highest spin rate ever tracked. So the kid was supposed to go to Mississippi State. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Pretty sure he's going to be in the GCL coming up pretty soon. So let's hear from Brian Bridges as he breaks down this draft pick. And then we come back from Bridges. We'll hear from the young man, Carter. All right. This is Braves, Locked On Braves, on the Locked On Sports Network. Plus fastball has been as high as 98. So open to questions. came a long way as, as far as development-wise from um, August. I'd say he's going to showcase. He was probably 6'4", 6'5", maybe, 190 pounds. So curveball was always there. The fastball was 88 to 92, so the average of the fastballs on the rise. As a kid really did some filling out maturity-wise with his body from that standpoint. Obviously, these things are hard to predict, but did you anticipate him being there? There was talk, you know, you hear Scuttlebutt right before the pick that, you know, he might not be there or he might be there. So, you know, coming into it, you know, we felt pretty confident after the seventh pick was selected, of course, that we got it. There's a lot of talk also about, you know, the spin rate, you know, the track right. and numbers, that kind of stuff. You knew about those, but at the same time, how much different did his curveball look just with your – scouting eyes than others well it was uh it was very obvious you know he to me I, I guess in the draft itself he definitely has probably the best curveball in the draft he had that curveball last year you know you either have it or you don't and he definitely had that pitch coming into his senior season can you tell us maybe a, a one game one stretch that stands out to you where you said he might be our guy at number eight uh, Tom Batista went in and saw him throw seven innings, no hits, one walk, 18 strikeouts. Against good competition down there in South Florida. And, you know, he continued to trend in that direction. And he, the success and the consistency he'd had at that point, you're just like, at that point, you didn't even know if you'd get there. So we're just fortunate enough to have add Carter to the organization. How did he really come on your radar at first? Was it just a matter of the curveball last summer? You know, you watch him; he's big, he's physical, you know, he's athletic, and you had the opportunity to see this kid throw, and you're like, okay, maybe. So you kind of put him in your little file and your little quiver of arrows, and you just follow him throughout the spring. And we were there the first start, and he had matched up with another pitcher. It's pretty good. That's you know in this draft, and I was like. Very impressed with where he was the previous fall to now, for sure. This is the fourth prep pitcher you guys have taken the first round. Yeah. Uh, How does he compare in terms of maturity development with some of the past guys, Ian, Colby, Mike? Where is he at? He's probably right in the middle of those guys, probably. You know, it's kind of hard to tell once you – we've been fortunate. We've been fortunate as an organization, as a scouting department. As a scouting department to – 
you know, select Braves-type pitchers, Braves-type players, Braves-type kids, and we feel like he fits right into that spectrum at some point. He definitely has an out pitch. They're all different in their own way. I mean, Colby had the plus curveball, and Soroka's Soroka, and uh, Ian had the cur good curveball, and Wancy and had a good curveball and pitchability. So we feel like, and this is a power pitcher, so added another one to the group that we already have, and we've been fortunate, you know, as a staff that Dom Cheedy and Jonathan Scherholz and player development staff's done a good job with all the guys we have coming up through that. So we feel like. Was there anyone he reminded you of? Well, you know, it was funny. I was, I had seen him, and then we all know what Pavetta did to us, right, up in Philly. So I was watching Pavetta pitch, and I was like, you know, that could be Carter. Yeah. You know, same kind of stuff. <clears throat> I don't know if Pavetta has that kind of spin rate, I guess, on his curveball, but that was the similarities, you know, that type of pitcher, you know, power arm, power pitcher. This is your first year working with Alex and Perry. What was it like working with those guys through the process and I guess probably getting to know them better than you would have before? It's been outstanding. I think the culture and the way everything's gone in the organization since Alex and Perry has taken over has been exceptional, and I think the scouting department and how Alex has gone about his business is, speaks volumes of who he is. I mean, who you meet, who you guys have interviewed, is who Alex is even in the draft room. So it hasn't changed from, you know, one department to the next and the next and the next. He hires people, he gives you the opportunity to do your job, and he expects you to do your job well. And you know, of course, he's going to ask questions. I mean, he's he's the boss, so we give him the right answers, then we're good to go. You better you know be on your toes. I mean, he's a, he's he's about information, he's about answers, and, and and I can honestly say this, he's a very good person and he's a very good leader. So many people talk about Washington staff. Do you feel like? And their depth at pitching. Do you feel like this club is starting to move in that direction? And one day we'll be, hey, look at the Braves' depth at pitching because you guys are just stockpiling that. Well, uh, you know, there's a guy sitting over there in the room right now, Paul Snyder, who we all know built the team in the 90s. And, and how did we win? Pitching and defense. And John Sherholds made some trades. But the key is you have to commit to something. So whatever you're going to commit to, you better buy all into it. And, you know, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees how things are going to end. You know, it's a long journey for pitchers. But the more volume have of quality pitchers, the better chance you have to sustain when you start winning at the major league level, in my opinion. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that was Brian Bridges of the Atlanta Braves scouting director. Heard from him about the first pick the Braves took. Now we're going to hear from him about the second guy the Braves took. And this is a big-time power hitter, a college bat from Wichita State. So really curious to see what Brian Bridges has to say about Grayson Janista. By the way, this is Tobias Holborn for Locked On Braves on the Locked On Sports Network. And again, just happy to be here chatting with you guys about the Atlanta Braves, the, the big league club. Unfortunately, lost a tough one. Freddie Freeman's hit streak ended. But we're going to focus this on the draft. So let's now prepare to hear from another than Brian Bridges as he breaks down Mr. Janista. Potential bat, kick and throw. He can run for a big man. Um, 
we really like what he brings. I mean, definitely the left-handed swing in our ballpark gives us a good chance to, you know, tap into that power. He's, you know, like when you get to a certain spot in any draft, you got a lot of things to work on. You can't teach size, you can't teach strength, you can't teach power. And, you know, we have the people in place now to, uh, you know, take these type of players and get the most out of their ability. So we feel real good with this pick. To have this available with, you know, 49. 49. After all, yeah. The board took a pretty good beating in there. So, you know, you wait around, wait around, wait around. It came down between him and another player. And, you know, we wanted the power definitely, you know, with this pick. Yeah. Um, pretty happy with, you know, these two picks. A good start. Couldn't be happier, yes. Very good start to the draft. And if, you know, we can keep playing it the way we have it going right now, we're going to be in a good spot. Definitely through tomorrow. we got to sit a while. That third round's gone. So we'll see how we go from here. Not having that third round pick, did it change your strategy at all? Almost tonight? did. Almost did. Could have taken me in a different direction for sure. But I just went ahead and went by the board pretty much. What made you go that way as opposed to kind of maybe deviating? Um, if I deviated, I was it would, would have been a later play. And you're counting later down the road, another player down the road. That was the only thing, so I just went straight with the board. How long had you been following Janista? Just uh, the summer, saw him in the summer in the Cape Cod League, and then saw him, you know, at the All Star game again. And I mean, this guy's got unbelievable power. I mean, we could bring him in. I mean, it's 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 real power, real power. I mean, he's better hitter this year. I think a little draftitis was bothering him a little bit. You know, he was trying too hard and pressing. But still, if you look at his overall numbers, for a guy that, you know, you say underachieved, he still hit 300 ball, you know, more than he struck out or right there together, nine home runs, which isn't him. It's led to team and hitting for previous two years. Did, so, Did you go into this draft kind of hoping to get a college bat high? I mean, did, was that? It played out that way. You know, there were some college bats there, and, you know, I'm – I feel very fortunate. You think with all the picks in between that you wouldn't really get a shot at a college player. There's a couple of them that went off the board that we really like too that you thought maybe you could get later in the draft. And everybody, this thing takes its whole, you know, kind of shape. It has its own life every year. So as you work through the draft and you start to see it kind of play out, you know, there's a lot of good players and a lot of good players for whatever reason start falling and moving in different you know directions, whether it be age, which direction a club's going, you know, like us. I mean, we're there's a pitcher there, you know, we're going to take him. We feel like he's got a chance to help the Atlanta Braves, you know, at the, at the major league level. So with Janesta, it's kind of the move that we're going to. I mean, we're going to plan on attacking this draft the best way we possibly can, using all our manpower in that draft room to make the best selections we can this year, you know, for the organization. You are Locked On Braves, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Braves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. 
The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.